Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Nick Day, Vice President of Client Solutions for Roundtable Learning, an e-learning company based in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, that develops technology-enhanced training programs for a number of industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, business services, retail, and entertainment. Prior to Roundtable, Nick worked as a sales executive and team lead manager for Park Place Technologies and as a senior corporate risk project manager for PNC. He earned his MBA and bachelor's degree in finance at John Carroll University. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Walk us through the types of training programs Roundtable Learning offers for uh, manufacturing in particular uh, and the employee onboarding and career development end of things. Sure. So I would bucket it three ways that we develop our programs. The first is that onboarding component that you already mentioned. So when we develop programs, we think about onboarding two ways. There's the onboarding to the actual company and the culture that the person is joining. There's also the onboarding to their respective role. We then move over into more of the technical and safety training. So how to do their job, how to do it efficiently, the right way of doing things, but then also the safe way of doing things, which is extremely important. Uh, The third bucket gets them into that career and personal development. So when we think about somebody joining a company, we obviously want them to excel at their job, but we also want them to grow professionally. So we move into the soft skills realm. So teaching them, you know, uh, as they move up in the ranks of potentially becoming a manager and managing people, um, how to have difficult conversations, um, coaching, feedback, more of the soft skills related. So those are kind of the three buckets, onboarding, technical and safety and soft skills. And you use a customized, customized blend of technologies to develop the solutions for the manufacturers or is any of it uh, third-party uh, industry products? No third-party. Um, so in our history, we started as a learning company well over 20 years ago. And at that point, you were doing a lot of instructor-led training, job shadowing. As that evolved to more web-based, you moved into e-learning, which we progressed with, and then also video. Um, more recently, we started probably about five, six years ago, we developed a group internally to start looking at augmented and virtual reality, which for a lot of companies, they were not using it for training. It was primarily in like film and gaming at best. Um, but we decided to invest in it. A couple of folks here thought that it could definitely be a way for training in the future. So we've kind of progressed. We still do e-learning, instructor-led, virtual instructor-led, and video, and then have added AR and VR, but they're all customized and built by our teams. Let's talk about that for a moment, the advantages and disadvantages of uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality as as an e-learning offering. Yeah, so your biggest challenge right now, um, one which will probably be a surprise to some people, the other not so much. The first is scalability. So where today when you build e-learning or you're distributing video training, most people have the hardware that exists. It's on a PC, it's on a mobile device, whatever it may be, you typically have the hardware. When you start to move into the realm of augmented reality and virtual reality, most companies don't have as part of their IT infrastructure VR headsets sitting around or Microsoft HoloLens. 
So you start to look at a whole new capital expense that needs to be considered with buying the hardware. Um, so that's number one. Most companies just don't have the hardware. So we need to think about solving the training challenge, but then also the hardware challenge. Um, the other one, especially in the manufacturing space, and this is the one that I would say, well, probably for your audience, it's probably not um, a surprise, but internet connectivity. Um, within different warehouses, manufacturing spaces, you still have some locations that have great Wi-Fi and internet connectivity, which is awesome. Other places, you barely have any internet connectivity. So that's something that is not consistent across the board that we're finding with our customers that is a challenge to deal with. And you're not even talking about the firewalls or the distrust of the cloud. No, absolutely not. It, it is simple internet connectivity, as crazy as that sounds. Yes. Uh, so I've referred to this before. Uh, there was an IDC study that indicated that augmented reality expedites knowledge capture and uh, and more efficient employee training, uh, especially as manufacturers lose their most experienced workers to retirement. And I know that's no surprise to you. So uh, what is Roundtable's learning? Uh, what What's your experience in this area? Yeah, using both AR and VR is a great way to capture some of that knowledge from your more senior folks who have been there, seen it, done it all and really almost in a way bottle it up as simulations that new people can go through when they don't have access to those people. So as we think about people retiring in the workforce um, where before, you know, maybe that individual was used during the onboarding process as a person to shadow, walk them through and tell them stories about don't do this, do that, or, you know, however that may work. Um, when you think about that ratio now, it, it's getting smaller. So we need to capture as much of that information. Things like VR are a great way to, to capture that, make them into simulations and let folks go through it as many times as they need to, to understand what it's going to be like when they encounter it in the real world. And your point on the IDC study, I think is awesome because we have our own information that we've seen from our clients, but starting to see third parties pick this up and provide that information. IDC is a great source. Um, PwC and Deloitte have started um, basically issuing results that they've seen on AR and VR studies, and it, it's supporting the use of these technologies. And from, from them and from your own experiences, how do these solutions increase productivity and, and, uh, and user knowledge on the manufacturing floor? Yeah, the, the very first thing it did was bring consistency to a lot of these customers. So when you have that on the job shadowing process, I mean, people have good days, people have bad days. So when you think about that, um, the training can be inconsistent for folks um, from week to week, from day to day. So the first thing that it's done is bring consistency to those programs. The other thing it's done for a lot of folks that are just entering the workforce is they want to be excited about the training. And this helps elevate that excitement level of, you know, using a VR headset, using technology to train, because a lot of people are using this in their everyday life. So it's a natural progression that they're joining a company that is thinking about how technology can uh, train faster and safer. And that's really what it's doing. So those studies that you mentioned, like IWC and what PwC has found is on average, what normally would take hours to complete with the same level of efficacy can be completed in 30 minutes or less in VR. 
So when you start to think about that, your training time gets reduced. We're getting somebody up to speed and more confident in their role more quickly. So I, I think that is just going to continue to, um, it's just going to continue to grow as more companies adopt using VR and AR for that matter. I know that there's a lot of opportunity in the technology skills that can be taught in this environment. Uh, you've mentioned soft skills quite a bit. You know, what, what are some of those soft skills in, you know, in terms of, I think you mentioned uh, mentoring, you know, some, some more of the management level skills. Yeah, so the, the way we think about soft skills is anything that you would want somebody to potentially role play to become more confident in either having a conversation or being aware of situations is a great use case for VR. So um, to give you an example, when we think about the manager level, you look at things like practicing having a difficult conversation. Somebody's continually showing up late as a new manager. Maybe I've never had to have that conversation. Let's throw on a VR headset and simulate what that conversation could look like. Um, another really important topic right now and, and has been a focus here over the last 18 to 24 months are diversity and inclusion situations where you can put somebody either in a fly on the wall type of perspective and let them see a situation occur or let it play out and put them in the shoes of another person to understand what those actions feel like for them. So anytime we want to do either a role reversal or let them role play out certain situations, um, that, that is really a great use case for virtual reality. Well, that makes sense. I, I know that we've, uh, I've spoken with uh, some, some individuals who say that, uh, I think the saying is you can get hired on your, your technical skills and fired on your soft skills. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on your website, you highlight a technology solution uh, to reduce accidents uh, related to machinery. Could you provide a little bit more detail on that? Yeah, th this is probably one of my favorites. Um, and I say that because when it comes to safety, we think about two things that normally don't go together. We want to train more efficiently, more quickly, but we want to train more safely. Typically, those don't go hand in hand. But what we've been able to find out is not only can we use technologies like VR on the process and letting them simulate what their job is going to be like so they're more confident, we can also take safety situations and let them experience it in VR. In that way, if it happens in real life, they know how to react versus the first time it occurs, they have to go through their knowledge bank. What did Catherine tell me I should do in this situation? It's not going to occur. You panic. So we've been able to work with a number of EHS groups, um, manufacturing and outside of that of just forklift safety. So let's put them through situations where you know, they may run into shelving, what would happen, or if they encounter a spill, everything to, we work with the, uh, the field safety team at Verizon about doing gas and electrical safety down inside of sewers. Um, we learned a ton and we have a whole new respect for a lot of those folks that are doing those jobs. But what we've heard as feedback is VR has been a great solution because their trainers can only tell them, look out for this beyond, you know, um, be on the lookout for this, but in VR, we can actually let them go through it, see what their reactions are. And what we found is how they react in VR is gonna be very closely uh, mimicking what they're gonna do in real life. So a trainer can look at that and offer insight into, hey, instead of 
I saw when this gas meter went off, the first thing you did was X, you really should have done this and here's why. So putting them in those situations that could harm them as a safe place has been invaluable for a lot of companies. Well, and that's been around for such a long time in other industries. I mean, you look at aerospace, for example, and, you know, to, uh, I mean, have you had any reluctance among manufacturing firms? I mean, I know some of them, and I've walked through them, you know, still use, uh, you know, paper directions positioned in every station. So how, how do you, you know, how do you counter that? Yeah, and here's where, this is the challenging part because I do think a lot of companies are still in the, the the paper phase. And when you think about going from, you know, a binder to a VR headset is a big leap. Um, so really what's been most beneficial is early on. I mean, we've had some folks that have kind of um, taken that risk with us to say, let's dive in and see what happens as more of a proof of concept. So it's really about talking through those use cases, letting them experience some of that content firsthand. I don't know any safety or technical trainer that has gone through something that we've created and walked away and said, yeah, that worked great for ABC company, but I just don't see it for us. Then it the conversation goes, well, okay, how do we start looking at buying hardware? Is our IT infrastructure set up for it? So the conversation moves further into a different direction but um, it really is, it, it's tough having those conversations. They take time as well. It doesn't happen overnight, which we get. Um, but thinking about going from paper to VR headset or AR headset definitely is a big leap for a lot of companies. Uh, you had indicated that the internet, uh, you know, that, that that's one of the major issues. Uh, what are some of the other uh, pain points that you've had to uh, overcome with, with manufacturers getting started with this type of, of training? Yeah, it's, it goes back to the um, no different than traditional training. It's going to go back to being inclusive for different audiences. So um, no matter what, you can set up a VR program. You are still going to have a population of your audience that may say, I'm just not comfortable being in a headset. Um, with COVID today, maybe I don't want to share a headset or I've tried a headset. I get motion sickness, so I'm not going to put one on. I think you need to be aware of that because if your training is only in VR and somebody says that, what are you going to do? So what we've learned early on is you have to have alternatives for them. And there are ways to do it. You can take VR programs, you can take AR programs, and you can make them accessible on things like a desktop or a PC. You'll lose some of the, obviously, immersiveness and some of the hands-on experience, but you're still giving them something better than handing them a, a one-page document. Um, so being inclusive from that standpoint, but then also looking at disability. So making sure we include closed captioning, um, color blindness. Obviously with VR, there's nothing we can do if somebody is fully blind. Um, but being aware of those things, because you know it doesn't. It certainly doesn't solve for that. And we want to make sure that if somebody is going to implement one of these programs, that they're going to make it available to uh, as many folks as they can. Can you share some case studies of manufacturers being able to uh, make the switch to AR, VR, mixed reality training? Yeah, I can share. Um, you know, locally, this is a little bit different of a twist, but I, I love this story. So, up in the Cleveland area, there's a company, an organization called Ohio Guidestone. And they are focused on readying tomorrow's workforce for the manufacturing space. 
So they not only look at soft skills, they look at those hard skills of readying them to work on certain pieces of equipment. And prior to us getting engaged with them, everything was done in person. Um, again, a lot of paper of trying to ready. Um, in some cases, folks right out of high school, some with uh, a college degree, getting them ready to join the workforce. What we've been able to do is create a complete online program using e-learning that moves a lot of the uh, paper material that they have into a web-based training. And then when they go into those hands-on, be it soft skills or hard skills, they go through a VR experience. The whole idea is, and everybody benefits, is if they can make them more confident and provide them experience of what it's going to be like on the job before they even apply to some of the local businesses, it's a big leg up for everybody. Um, so that was a, a really cool one because um, we think about it as advancing tomorrow's workforce before they're even there. Um, other ones we've seen, uh, some of the statue you pointed out, like we worked with a company, Westrock out of Atlanta. They're a corrugated box manufacturer. One of their biggest challenges was they have these dies that cut different shaped boxes. And consistently there were times when new hires would improperly torque the bolts or they were just dealing with people not using the proper protective equipment when changing over the dies. Um, and what they couldn't do was spend more time on training for the physical piece of equipment because that would slow down the line, which is not an option. So we were basically able to go on site, watch the process occur, capture it and recreate pretty much everything in VR. So using the proper equipment, using tools and then performing the actual changeover process. And for them, um, they've had huge, huge advantages so they don't have to slow down the line. They're not dealing with as many defects on the end product. So it's a huge cost savings and they very quickly uh, had a return on investment for that project. Out of curiosity, has that actually reduced turnover as well? So uh, for them in particular, not on that one, but we've had other projects where it has because, and this is another really cool thing is, you can use some of these as a job preview for potential new hires. So working with um, folks actually right now, one of the, the biggest needs is in supply chain. We hear about it in the news every single day. Um, those folks trying to get people in and keep them is extremely challenging right now. So one of the ways we can impact turnover is letting them go through the VR experience as a job preview to find out, is this really what I signed up for? Does it meet expectations? Do I want to continue? And in those particular instances, we have a real opportunity to lower that turnover number. So since you're working on these, um, you know, the, the VR and AR mixed reality, um, being in that environment, and now we have Industry 4.0 taking hold and manufacturing, you know, are you leaning now more towards uh, the, the skills that are needed for that, you know, such as data analytics and, uh, and even uh, predictive maintenance? Yeah, 100%. So one of the, the things we quickly learned um, a few years back is when we did our first AR and VR project was compared to traditional training, the analytics that you can gather as insight for training opportunities is enormous. So we can look at body position, we can look at where they're looking or where they're not looking. Um, there's just so much data you can gather and you wanna be able to do something with it. So I'm excited about it because the, the analytics piece and compiling it and making it into 
um, making it into reports that people can make use of is definitely where this is going to continue to grow. Um, us ourselves, we actually launched an analytics product to be able to support that. Um, the biggest struggle is it's something new within the industry. So you have to educate and folks need to see the, the value of it. But um, I think that's going to be the game changer because you can build really great content and that headset can be tracking all of these great things. But if we can't make use of those, I mean, I, I think we're only getting half of the actual result out of it. Absolutely. And your answer might preempt my, my last question. Uh, what is on the horizon for your company? Yeah, analytics will continue down that path because, again, I think there's great insight for companies to have there. Um, the other thing that's exciting to see is as this has moved more towards a training tool, there's been a lot of companies that have developed new products that are going to support this space. Um, one of the partnerships that we recently formed is with a company called Haptex, and they create gloves instead of using controllers that allow people to actually feel objects in the VR space. So here, moving, instead of working with controllers, they can actually put on these gloves, and when they grab something, they're seeing maybe a, a drill or an impact wrench. When they grab it, the gloves actually mimic what that feels like. So I think the uh, the companies that are going to support the VR and AR space are going to continue to pop up. Headsets are going to continue to get better. Um, we're already seeing that. So I, I know for us, we're going to keep a, a close eye on hardware. Sensors are going to come into play where uh, we can use body capture suits and sensors placed on the body to get further analytics. So all of that, I think, is fair game. And then there's also the element of unknown being new of what's going to pop up next, which is really a great thing. That's fantastic. Thank you, Nick, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.